For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Tiger fans, welcome to the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your swag champion, JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcast listeners, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. And today I'm joined by Zoe and Shaq. Swag champions, baby. What's up? Yes, sir. What's up, the I love family? Black champs, baby. How you guys feeling? Man, I'm on cloud 21 and cloud nine. <laughs> What's up, Shaq? Talk to me. I'm on cloud nine over here, man. I'm excited. You know, it's been a long time coming, man. Look, we've been talking about this for years, man, and for it to finally be a reality, I'm so excited for the team, so excited for, for CP, Coach Prime, and more importantly, I'm excited Cody. for the for the Blue Bigger fan base. Oh yeah, Cody. From from here on <laughs> out, the Supreme Cody. <laughs> Man, it was just an electric, electric day, and we've been anticipating this. We, you know, we, all season we knew that this was a team that could win the SWAC championship, so we're not surprised. But to see it actually happen to be a part of it, I mean, it's just—I uh, don't want to say surreal. I don't want to act like we haven't won championships in the past, but this there's just something special about this season and something special about this championship. Yes, sir, Corey. Hey, man, I'm elated. I'm excited, man. We exercise a lot of demons. And mm. and for one, Coach Prime, a.k.a. Cody, called his shot and did it. He followed mm. through. You he know, we, we ran 21s wild, you know, all season long, you know, and for him to actually stake his claim, tell the world what he was going to do, go out and do it, you know, in the fashion that we did it, man, I couldn't be more proud of this team. I couldn't be more happy for the school, and I couldn't be more happy for the city of Jackson, man. I mean, it's an awesome feeling, man. Yeah, I, I agree. He talked to talk, and he walked the walk. He backed it up. Um, QB1 backed it up. The team backed it up. The D-line backed it up. Everybody showed up, man. So, man, look, it's a good win for the city, good win for the Jackson State program. Um, and, and more importantly, man, this is this is gonna re-energize this fan base. This, this rabbit fan base has already been loyal for decades, but now it's on another level now. And you talk about just re-energizing the fan base, and I think you mentioned the city, man. What Coach Prime and just 
his arrival and, and being here and what he's done with the football team has done for the city is just amazing. You know, I know you've read the stories online as far as what these home, these Jackson State home games, especially homecoming, the Alcorn game, and the SWAC championship, what it has done economically and how much revenue it has pumped into the city and the, into the small business sector. And I know, Zoe, you're a Jacksonian, so how appreciative are you of that and what does that mean to you? It means the world to me. Um, and honestly, hindsight is twenty twenty. He actually chose the perfect mantra for not only the school, but like you stated, Cora, the city. You know, I believe. And, you know, um, we've lost a lot of fans over the years, you know, during the time that, you know, we had a little bit of futility and, and not keeping up with the same old J-State tradition. But the thing that Coach Prime did, and, you know, I'll get to the, the money portion of it later, but he, re- he reignited the city, man. There's a fervor, you know, in the city. The fan base is a buzz. All the old school alumni, all the fans that we lost in yesteryear, they're coming back, man. They're excited. You know, uh, everybody's rejuvenated, and it's, and, and it's a culmination. And he actually he spoke on that after, you know, we clinched that, clinched that championship, you know, to sit there and say, hey, you know, we got 50, you know, 50, you know, 50,000, sometimes 55, 60,000 of our people, you know, all in unison celebrating, coming together with no foolishness, and it reverberated to them. And so yeah, I'm amazed, man. Like I said, I'm on cloud 21 and cloud nine right now. Absolutely, man. This is just I, – I've been riding the high since the, since the game ended, and I, I don't know how long it's going to last, but it's just a great feeling to be back on top. Where we belong, obviously, Jackson State, we are the, the Mac of the swag. We are the – epitome of black college football at HBCUs. That's how we feel. And, uh, and, and you know, again, this this has just brought that back uh, to reality, you know, so the, the feeling that we had all along. But let's get to the game itself, man. It was it was a game that we expected to win, let's be honest. A purview, formidable opponent, but we knew that this was a team we should be able to beat. And a team that we felt that we could dominate, obviously they got on the board earlier, double pass, caught us off guard. That was on a fourth and two. The opening drive, they went three and out and they got the ball back after we decided to go for it on fourth down. We didn't convert, gave them a short field. They hit us with the double pass. They're up 7-0. But what do we always say about Shador when the opposing team goes up? What does Shador do on the following drive? Yeah, he, he takes it to another level. He comes right back and answers it. Always. And he, and he didn't have his best game. We'll talk about that. But on, on that drive, he again, he marches right downfield, hit Weidman, and the rest was history. PB did take another brief lead with a field goal, but on the ensuing play, Zay Bolden, 91 yards to the house, and I knew the game was over at that point. Hey, man, a.k.a. Big play Zay. A.k.a. Baby Hester. I I called it. I told told y'all. Look, we gave the game plan beforehand, see? We told them. Hey, man, all those schools, they were were not going to kick it to them. The man get one opportunity. It's a house call. We called it. We called it. It was a beauty, man. It was so electrifying. He said afterward, he said, this is too easy. <laughs> and it looked easy. It looked easy when he returns it. And for our listeners, go to our social media. You'll see it if you haven't seen it already. Jay Bowden was clocked at 20.9 miles per hour on that return. That was the second fastest time in college football over that, this past weekend. So, I mean, this guy, the, the speed is there. And he told us, if you – this is why it's important to listen to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Yes, sir. Zay Bowden committed to Jackson State. We had him on the following week, and he told us 
about his mm-hmm. speed. He told mm-hmm. us he was running the four three four four. He told us that he wanted to return punch yep. and he wanted to return kick for Jackson State. And he did just that. You don't see a lot of six foot two corners that run four three. You really see that. Six two oh three. No jokes. No jokes. Wanna return the thing, gonna put me outside on the guns, I gonna make a play. You know, it don't matter to me. Showed up big time. And that that was a huge momentum changer in the game. And that was the I won't call it the nail in the coffin, but that but that was us gathering the nails to start hammering that coffin that close. Turned, yeah, that kick turned the tide. I mean it gave us the momentum. We we were wide awake from that moment. Well, I'll tell you what it was the nail in the coffin. And I know where, I know y'all know where I'm going with this. You know, I, I knew the game was over with Zay Bolden when he returned it because we had the momentum and we had the lead, and I knew we weren't going to give it up. But the play that if, – if you didn't have your tickets booked – I already know where you're going with this. You should have booked it at this moment. When James Houston – Houston, we got a problem. Interception return for the TD. <laughs> yes, sir. 2010, game over. Yeah. And Coach Prime knew it was over. He talked about it after the game at the press conference. What was going through your mind after James Houston's for the touchdown? It's over. It's over. <laughs> it really is over. We just want, so I was mad. That's why I was upset because the interception that uh, she threw right before the half, we needed that three. We needed that three because I know we was getting the ball back. And, like, come on, man, let's just get three. Forget that. Let's get three. Because I knew a couple, ten points or whatever, up. You know how hard it is to throw, to come back on us? Well, I'll say this about that play. Uh, it, it was an amazing play. If you were there, because I was right there looking at it, he actually he, he reached his hand out to bat the ball down, his left hand. He oh, batted the ball, and he kind of juggled it a little bit, mm-hmm. and, he, and then he reeled it in. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna, you know, James Houston made the play. I can't take that away. But you talked about the pressure, though. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened on that play and why he was able to get that interception. All credit goes to Devontae Davis. I want you guys to go back and watch that play. Davis could not be contained. He actually bulldozed his man. He had so much pressure on pass. Pass didn't have any time to think. He was really just trying to get rid of it. Go back and watch that play. Davis is the reason why James Houston was able to get that interception because pass was really just trying to get rid of it. He didn't see James Houston. Shout out to Devontae Davis. He made that play happen. You're absolutely right. I couldn't get the number of who actually created the pressure, but Pass was actually trying to throw the ball away late. He was trying to sneak it out to a to a almost they were trying to almost like a little draw, get out right. to the running back, and Houston just beat him to the spot. And I really don't think that Houston initially saw it because, like you said, he batted almost like right. he tried to bat it down. But I guess the ball kind of carried him into his hand. He was able to maintain a possession and, and just and take those little th- uh, three yards until for the touchdown. That was the game. That was it. That was the that, game. And, and we talked about it. We always, we've always said when comparing James Houston to Isaiah Land from MU, yeah, Land has some numbers. He's made some plays. But from an impact perspective, James Houston has impacted games. He has every been game. the reason every game, absolutely. He has been the, the tie turner in game when we needed momentum, when we needed to play, when the offense wasn't, wasn't getting it done. James Houston has taken it upon himself to make the sack, to force the fumble, to score the defensive touchdown. And it's almost like, you know, and we talked about these guys going to be playing, on a, playing with a chip on their shoulder for being snubbed. It's like James Houston had two things on his mind. A, let me go ahead and put this game out of reach. But B, let me go ahead and prove and show once for all 
that I am the true defensive player of the year and why I'm the defensive player of the year because, again, he impacts games, whereas you guys can go back and listen to the previous episode where Zoe broke it down. Lamb's numbers aren't as impactful. That's right. Look, I agree with you. You know, the guy is a walking momentum changer for this team. Um, And it kind of makes you wonder if he had played the entire um, ULM game against um, Monroe and Louisiana, the game that we we'll lost. Be undefeated. I, I wonder how that game would have turned out. And say we'll be undefeated. I've been saying that all year. Facts. Facts. We'll be undefeated. Facts. Yeah. But that's not, that's neither yeah. nor there. Yeah. Whack champions, baby. Peyton Pickett, offensive player of the game. Man, we've been rotating running backs. We didn't have Martin this past game. The cameraman got in and got some carries. He, he ran well, but Pickett was the offense, man. Shout out to Peyton. He got it done for us. And, and, and you know yeah. what, I'm glad you mentioned that. We have to highlight Peyton Pickett because here's the thing. We picked the championship game to have our worst offensive output all season. But, but to highlight that, I made this analogy earlier when I stated that we're like a boxer with one arm but tied behind our, arm, tied behind mm-hmm. our back and we're mm-hmm. jabbing these other teams to death. Well, guess what? We, could, we had no ability to throw the ball. Shador had 85-yard passing, but lo and behold, when we finally were able to run the ball, that was the difference. We were able to have some type of offensive of consistency because we could throw the ball, and Peyton Pickett for the first time was able to get 100 yards, and he, and he actually put the game out of reach with, I believe it was about a, about a 9 to 10-yard touchdown run you know, late in the fourth quarter. But lo and behold, we finally get a 100-yard rusher, and that was all the offense we were able to muster. So, I mean, it actually coincides with what we said all season long. And what was impressive to me and what really stood out was, of course, again, the offense was struggling. Specifically, Shadour, you mentioned the 85 yards. Only eight out of 16. He threw the interception where I have to give the credit to the DB. He went up and got it. He made a play. Campbell, we talked about him in the preview show. But you know what I love about this team? They took it upon themselves, the other units, to step up for Shadour and make sure we still got the job done. Isaiah Bolden on special teams, Peyton Pickett running the ball, and just the entire defense led by James Houston. So typically in a lot of weeks, Shadour is putting the team on his back. Well, the defense always shows up. But offensively, Shadour is putting the team on his back, digging us out of holes and making sure we come away with the win. But this time, the other guys return the favor, and I think that was, that was huge. Well, Corey, you're, you hit oh, the nail on the head. Basically what you said was it was a total team victory. And, and what better way for us to win a championship than, other than it be a total team victory? And that's exactly what it was. Shadour had 85 yards. Yes, he did have that interception. But being that he's a freshman, you know the one thing that he didn't do, even though he had his worst game of the season, he did not lose his composure. You never once felt like he was panicking or he was stressing about the job. No, he played like a fifth-year senior. You know what? I'm not having my best day. We're going to run the ball. I'm going to keep everything short, run the ball, play good defense. We're going to play field position. We're going to come out here with a W, and that's exactly what he did. His 8 for 16, 85 yards, one touchdown, one interception. It wasn't – Ugly. It didn't just jump out at you as just an ugly, ugly game. Exactly. Whereas most quarterbacks, if they have those numbers, they probably you'd probably be benching them because it'd just be an ugly performance. Exactly. But again, he he still was a leader despite not having the, the productivity. So that just says so much about him. Exactly. And you know, he never got too impatient. He never tried to force the issue. 
Because if you look at it, PV's game plan was clearly to stop the pass. They were dropping six to eight guys back in coverage at times, and our receivers were covered for the most part. But she just said, okay, you're giving us the run. You want me to be a game manager today? Fine. So, you know, it's picture points of what you do, man. He's just a winner. I will give kudos to the defense for preview. They drop eight back in coverage. They mix between, you know, some man and zone and cover two. Really tried to confuse Shadur. Uh, but uh, as you guys mentioned, we relied on their running game, and they, they showed up big time uh, and basically took the load off Shadur's back and brought home the victory. Absolutely, absolutely. And let's go back to this defense for a second. Guys, they got Juwan past benched. <laughs> and, and early in the season, there was a streak of about three, four out of the first four or five games where they got every quarterback benched. But Pass is a guy who, you know, depending on how you look at it, some consider him the third best quarterback in the conference. I think no, no lower than fifth, if you're being honest. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the conference, let's put it that way. And this defense got him benched. Wow. Man, we Corey, made him look mediocre. Defense, we did. We did. This defense was phenomenal in that championship game. All right. Bear in mind, you know, we did a few things. We kept them under our average. With, you know, league leading the score and average, we only gave them 10 points, all right? That 10 points, they got in the first half, all right? They got a touchdown, you know, off of a fourth and two where we pretty much over-pursued because we're gunning it to, shut, you know, to uh, shut the run down. And, you know, the safety – I was going to get to that. I was going to say okay. because here, bear in mind, they were only able to score by using a trick play, which speaks volume because, they I mean, they couldn't run any regular stuff to do anything. Also, basically, the the duration of the first half, Prairie View's offense was only, we're going to go three and four wide, and if nothing's there, my quarterback is just going to run. Like, there was nothing else that they could do. And we got to speak on Keontae. As good as Houston played his normal, usual self, you look at the game that Miller had, look at Cameron Silman. We mentioned him getting snubbed if we're making all swag teams. He had two interceptions, a true freshman in his first championship game. But Keontae Hampton was a man amongst boys in this championship game. And that's the beautiful thing about this defense. Look at all the names that I called. We're not dependent on one or two players. And it's on every level of the defense. Tell them that 100 yards rushing on 38 tenths, that's not going to work. 3.8 yards per carry. They won't get it done in the championship game. Turn the ball over five times, two fumbles, and then three interceptions. So the defense has been consistent all season. No surprise. Uh, but they definitely showed up and came to play in this championship game. So, Shout out to Coach DT Dennis Dennis Thurman and hey, you know he he's probably he's not going to be a guy who's going to be on social media bragging and telling you I told you so, but he had his doubters in the spring. He had his doubters, but as we say, man, you, you need the Joes, man. You, you need the, the players. And once he got his players in, he showed that he is that Dennis Thurman who played in the NFL and was a defensive coordinator in the NFL. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. You know, if, you, if you're gonna give up ten points a game, I mean, you, you, you're highly likely to win. You know, you know what's, what's, what's really impressive about all of this is that going into the spring, the D-line was the most ridiculed and most um, the obvious weakness of the team in the spring. It, it's the one that everybody talked about. And for that to go from the worst to the first in a matter of a, of a fall season, that's incredible. That's an incredible turnaround. Um, and, and they talked about it in the offseason when they said, hey, we got some dogs coming, man. And <laughs> dog, they were right, man. 
this D-line is impressive. The linebacker core is impressive, and the secondary is impressive. And for us to only be uh, holding teams to 13 points per game, man, it's, it's crazy. And i tell you what, to, to, to add to that, Shaq, because you're right. We got some new dogs in. But I'd be remiss, Corey, if I didn't mention, you know, Devontae Davis, if I didn't mention Justin Reagan, if I didn't mention Javonte Crane. Those were holdovers. I mean, those guys balled out this year, man. And I'd be remiss if we didn't mention and highlight those guys because, man, they came to, they came to ball. They really did, man. Uh, it's a total 180 from the spring to now. Yeah, we know about the addition of the new players, but – we got to mention those guys. in. And one last thing, too. I definitely want to shout out Keontae Hampton, Warren Newman, uh, C.J. Holmes, all the Tony Hughes and James Hendricks holdovers who actually still made this team to, to go through all the losing that we went through. And for those guys to go out with a ring, man, man, hats off to you guys. Indeed. Absolutely. Indeed. I agree, man. Indeed. Hats those guys, man. Um, unbelievable season. Record-breaking season. 11 wins, though, first time in school history, most wins ever. Talk about it. Hey, man, Marion, on this. This, is, this has to be, I believe, Jackson State's uh, maybe 106th season, I believe, somewhere in their number, give or take a year. And this is the most – we're talking about W.C. Gordon. We're talking, <laughs> know, eight, right? we're, we're, we're talking eight titles in ten years. We're talking Bob Hill, you know, creating the, 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 the foundation of what we know as JSU football. And we're talking about the first season in over a hundred plus years to get eleven wins, and we got another one left to go. It's amazing, amazing. That's amazing, man. Wow, well, just I'm, I'm, I've been speechless at times just as I reminisce. Sometimes in the moment, you don't realize the you know the impact, the significance. But this is one time that I am realizing the significance while in it. I mean, this is just unbelievable. When you look at the history of Jackson State, the program, the football team, and just to know that this is the winningest season ever, wow. And we get to add to it. You know, that, that's the beautiful thing about it, to know that at the conclusion we could possibly end the season with 12 wins. Also, with that 12 win, that will put us with a 10-game winning streak because we're currently right now on a nine-game winning streak, which I believe is fourth in the country right now. And lo and behold, if Sam if Sam Houston State losing the playoffs, Jackson State could possibly end up at the end, at the conclusion of this season with the current active winning streak in the country. Mm-hmm. Longest winning streak in the country. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, we'll, we'll follow follow that. We'll see what happens, and if that does take place, if that does happen, we'll definitely be back on the show to talk about it and break that down as well. But man, again, a record breaking season. Attendance fifty thousand one hundred twenty eight. People were in attendance for the SWAC championship game. That's a SWAC championship game record. We averaged 42,293 people per game for our home games this season, an FCS record. We talked about what their recruiting class like, how we were sitting 54 spots behind Alabama. Well, right now, with what we're averaging, we're sitting above Louisville. If we were an FBS school right now, we sit ranked with the 52nd highest attendance in the country which puts us above average of all the FBS teams. So we're by far in a way, we're almost tripling what our FCS counterparts are actually averaging. It's like it's us and then it's everybody else. So we actually set a new record with attendance at over 42,000, and our record was 38,000 back in 1997. Man, look, look that's so remarkable in the, in the 
And the amazing thing is, we just now getting started, man. Can y'all imagine that? We the, the, the ball is now the ball is now at the top and the peak of the hill. We ain't even started rolling downhill yet with the momentum. One other thing about attendance that's impressive to me: we broke the record again per game average. But the reason why it's even more impressive is because you have to factor in COVID. It's still out there. It's still out there. Yes, so you know yes. there are people who just aren't willing to go to the games yet and be in, the, in those large crowds as of yet who would have gone on the normal circumstances. So I think that, that would have made these, this season's numbers even higher. But also all the games were televised on either the ESPN family of networks or the Jackson State Sports Network. So if, in years past, we've had these high attendance numbers. We haven't had the games televised, so you had to go to the game to see it. But you better believe there are a lot of people who are staying at home to watch it because it's televised. Now, that's a beautiful thing. That's a wonderful thing to be able to, you know, broadcast our game nationally. But that probably affected attendance as well. So, you know, again, we broke the record. But <laughs> you look at it apples to apples, I mean, that makes it, even, again, even more impressive. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And, and, and also to add on to that, what you said about COVID, you know, you figure with us having the season right now, you know, if things get better, now you're talking about next season starting now. We're starting off in Miami. And then now you're talking about, you know, now we have those fans who are reluctant to go to a game. Now they're coming because, you know, you got all this added buzz plus Coach Prime is coming back. You know, hey, we might set another record. We, we might can actually break – another attendance record for what we did for this season. Oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm certain there. that we will. I'm certain that we will. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's, 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 stay, let's stay focused. Let's stay in the present band, SWAC champions. We are the SWAC <laughs> champions, potential black college football national champions. And, man, what a day, what a day, what a day. If you recall at the end of the game, Coach Prime's interview, his expression just said it all. You know, I've mentioned several times on here how I'm speechless, but Coach Prime, for probably the first time in his life, was speechless at the end of the game. I know you guys remember he was just at a loss for words, and in the middle of the interview he just stopped and he, he was just looking around and just looking at the stadium and soaking in the moment and taking in the atmosphere. And you could just see he was just overwhelmed. But I don't know what the emotions, but I'm sure all types of emotions uh, were overcoming him. And it, it seems like he just didn't know what to say, but those emotions really poured out right there on, on ESPN of all places. Well, for the most part, I mean, you got to look at it for what it is, and that's 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 that's. You know, I won't say tears of joy, but you know, we already know about the surgery that he had and the complications that he had, um, and being hospitalized, and and to see the team, you know, have his back, uh, and more importantly, you know, come out and still be victorious. I mean, if I if, if I were me, I, I'd be in tears. But I mean, it's a it's a great feeling to know that the team had your back. They persevered. Uh, they overcame some tremendous obstacles throughout the season because the bullseye has been on their back um, since the beginning, since after the spring for the most part. So for them to have that pressure on every game and still produce uh, and still play within themselves. And, and keep in mind, um, you know, we can argue that the team has pretty much played one complete game um, for the season. And I, I, I still think that I'm, I'm waiting for that still full complete game coming up. So for us to win a championship and, and still not, you know, playing our A-plus game and dominating like the way we expect to is a, is a tremendous honor and it's, it's a tremendous accomplishment. So, um, you know, he has a lot to be grateful for. And I, I know he's, he's pretty excited about the, the future and what is to come. So 
man, look, I, I can't express, man. This is a great feeling. It's a great feeling. I tell you what, uh, what else to you guys? I'd be remiss if let you guys know that in a matter of about a month or so, we're going to get to relive all this over again <laughs> when the when the new season of Coach Prime actually comes out. It's going to be amazing with only one loss. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Absolutely. Wow. Fellas, man, you know, it, again, we, we've said it, man, amazing season, amazing feeling. But I just want to end on this. I want you guys to reflect on some things. You know, considering where we've been the past few years since 2013, if I told you two to three years ago there would be a season coming up where we have 11 wins most in school history, we go undefeated in the SWAC, we'd be SWAC champions, we'd win the championship at the vet. Just keep in mind the games were played in Houston and Birmingham and all these other neutral sites, the SWAC championship game that is. So we win right. the game in our home stadium, the vet, was prime. No, no, I would have said Deion Sanders will be the head coach. He would have laughed at me. He's laughing now. He's like, it's true, and he's laughing. I told you Deion Sanders will be the head coach. He will be on ESPN2, and it will be a huge ceremony at midfield after the game with Deion Sanders speaking and then on ESPN2. What do you guys have thought? One of two things. One, I would say the delusion is rampant or – it's like we won a lottery. It's one of the two. And I'll be doggone, it's like we won a lottery. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big lottery, too, though. Huge lottery. But, man, to answer your question directly, I would have I said, wake up. Wake up, man. You're dreaming. But we're here. And, and we're living, we living through a time frame where – you know, most Jacksonians have been yearning for this for quite some time. And for it to come to fruition in our lifetime and to witness the changes in person uh, and to see uh, the, some of the real, some, some of the, the visions and, and, and goals that we have become a realization and, and, we're, and we're living amongst it. I mean, it's no better, better, better feeling on, on, on this planet right now. We've seen some peaks and valleys. Um, and we've seen some great teams throughout the history of the program, but this is definitely going to be one season that I am never going to forget. Well, I'll I tell you what, too, to touch on that, uh, honestly, um, Shaq, you said we've seen peaks and valleys. I'm an I'm 80s kid. You know, I've seen the golden era of JSU football, but the one thing we all can agree on is that we've never seen this. Never seen it, ever. You know, I stated before the season even started that this will probably go down as the greatest defense in Jack State history. And it sounded like blast at the time when I said it, but it's facts. Also, you, you bear in mind everything that happened during the season. You know, it's so much safe to say that, guys, we got to really soak this in because there's going to come a day, whether it's 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we're going to be able to look back and say, man, do y'all remember when Deion Sanders was the coach of Jack State University? <laughs> Well said, man. Well said. And, man, it's been a, an amazing ride so far, and I just can't wait to see where Coach Prime and A.D. Robinson where this athletics department is going in the future as well. So, guys, Quack Championship, i let you get back to those cigars, get back to those celebrations, and uh, we'll see you in Atlanta. And that'll do it for this episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. 
Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I cannot stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag, I believe. Hashtag, SWAT champion. Hashtag, the I love. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done